Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 35, we're wrapping up our discussion of the ABCs of Bounce with Connecting with God. Hello, Father. Hello, daughter. Good to be back together. Yes, always. Even even though we're we're remotely recording this time, so I can't actually see the twinkle in your eye, but <laughs> it yeah. is good to talk with you always. Yeah, I can and hear the twinkle in your voice. There we go. <laughs> yay. Oh, it's man, it has been a week. Um, I am down here. I'm an Asbury student at the seminary, and um, I know you've heard, and I know people all around the states, and I think the world are starting to hear about what is being called the Asbury Revival 2023. Um, a lot of people are also calling it an awakening, or a, a lot of people are wrestling with what the appropriate thing is to call this, but whatever it is, there is a work of God happening down here. Um, it's pretty amazing. We, yeah. It Go does ahead. sound it does sound pretty amazing, and uh, you know I think what's happening is clearly revival is any time that Christians' hearts are connecting with God in a, in a, in a deeper way. Like there's some breakthrough taking place. There's some uh, some change that is happening that uh, where people have been walking away from God and they find themselves drawn back to Him. That's a revival is you know to bring back life. And I think people are praying that it will turn into another great awakening that this is going to mm-hmm. sweep. And what we're seeing right now is, you know, what you're seeing and is that people are starting to come in from all over the country because they're hoping they can take this and, and see it spread and turn into an awakening, which would be really cool. Yeah. Well, and for those who don't know, um, it started on last Wednesday now. Oh, okay. From, okay. I'm not going to try to do the mental math for, from when this is recording, but it started at a Wednesday chapel and just basically the chapel didn't end. Um, and more and people, more and more people have just been coming. And um, what I have heard describe be described um, the most is its sweetness. Um, it is, and, and that's what I felt. I haven't been there as much as I would like, um, but I've been a couple times and I've talked to many, many people and I've had classes, you know, in the, at- the atmosphere of it. And yeah. I my my takeaway from it has just been the sweetness and the gentleness of it. Um and I know I've heard testimonies of healings, I've heard testimonies of confession, I've heard and repentance, um, testimonies of reconciliation, of inner healing breakthroughs, of um just yeah, like <laughs> and, and just peace and and God working on people's hearts and helping them know him deeper. Um, and just, yeah, so many good testimonies and so many people coming and seeing and, um, and, you know, a lot of people coming skeptical and leaving. Wow. And also, you know, frankly, people who show up and, you know, they, they haven't felt that peace yet. And so they're, they're wrestling with it. And there's, you know, there are a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people who coming, a lot of experiences and the more it grows, the more people come with their expectations or, um, their, needs. And so we're, we're, I'm just really in awe of um, God's grace through it all and how I I heard one person say like the more and more people who come, the more temptation there has been to have sort of a hype or emotionalism. And then it's like, as soon as that starts building the, 
it's like God just pours water over it and brings that sweet peace back. Um, and and the the leadership and the students uh, have just been working nonstop to let <laughs> to have a space where God can work at His pace, um, where He can. Um, do what he needs to do. And we try to just facilitate that. And it's just been really encouraging to watch. So actually. It yeah, it's amazing. I've, uh, I don't know that I've ever been this close to something like this as when it's been taking place. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I just wanted to read two quotes, actually. If I, I know I'm taking a lot of time on this, but I think it's, it's very, it's also, you know, it works for the, the topic of connecting with God, but, um, I one of my professors wrote an article for for Christianity Today. His name is Dr. Tom McCall, and um, it was really good. And I just wanted to read. Let's see. He says, "As an analytic theologian, I am weary of hype and very wary of manipulation. I come from a background and a particularly revivalist segment of the Methodist holiness tradition, where I've seen efforts to manufacture revivals and movements of the spirit that were sometimes not only hollow but also harmful. I do not want anything to do with that. And truth be told, this is nothing like that. There is no pressure or hype. There is no manipulation. There is no high-pitched emotional fervor." To the contrary, it has so far been mostly calm and serene. The mix of hope and joy and peace is indescribably strong and indeed almost palpable, a vivid and incredibly powerful sense of shalom. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is undeniably powerful, but also so gentle. And I just loved that. (laughs) I was like, that was a wonderful wonderful explanation. And then I'll leave it at at this. Um, The president of Asbury Seminary, um, he Uh, Dr. Tennant, he wrote a blog, and I just wanted to read the end of it here. He says, but what we are doggedly seeking is not lasting memories, but transformed lives long after the lights go out in Hughes Auditorium or Estes Chapel or all the other places which are experiencing this work of grace. In short, it is not about this place or that place, whether Wilmore or any other city. It is about Christ himself. None of us owns this awakening. But all of us must own in our own lives his work and his gracious beckoning to that deeper place. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. On that note, let's talk about this uh, being with Christ himself and the work in our lives. Well, absolutely. Well, and there's there's actually a a little deeper walk connection here, too, because, you know, uh, our board member, Randy Peterson, who's in Lexington, has had... uh, you know, knows the man who uh, was preaching and uh, mm-hmm. there have been connections there and not that we're taking any credit for what's going on. I'm just saying <laughs> there is a connection that, uh, uh, you know, God does want to have a connection with people. And that's what we're talking about, a connecting with God. And what I'm hearing there is that this is people recognizing that there are obstacles in their lives that need to be gotten rid of mm-hmm. and that there's something else. And it's like, we've all felt that, right? We've all had times in our lives where like, there's got to be something more to Christianity than this. There's got to be more to my walk with God than what I'm experiencing right now. And there's this hunger that says, uh, I, I, I hope I could find it here. I hope I can find it there. And so when you get something like this, there are those people who come and they will leave disappointed because they didn't get everything they were hoping for. But there's others who absolutely, this is going to be a turning point in their lives. And, you know, that's, a, it's an amazing thing. I'm, uh, I, I just, Still taking it in. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and me both. And, you know, just as you guys are praying for people and their lives to be changed um, and and transformed and for, for revival to spread, I would also encourage you to pray for um, the the care of the people who are involved. Like, I've heard people talking about, like, sometimes the holiest thing you can do is take a nap. Like, go, go take care of yourselves. Um, but yes, it's true. Is- we talked about that, that rest is an act of worship as mm-hmm. we're trusting God to keep carrying on. And that's not all to <laughs> us. Yes. Well, gosh, I, I was just thinking too of, um, we've gone to family camps before and, and this is kind of a funny segue, but I was just thinking of a folder I bought at a bookstore at our, our family camp, uh, where we go back in high school, I bought this folder and it had artwork on it that, was depicting the idea of Christianity is not a religion, but a relationship. And I always loved that concept. But as I've gotten older, I've I've been feeling like sometimes that idea maybe gets overblown, like religion get <laughs> religion, we need to define our terms on what we mean by that when some people throw religion out and only want relationship. And I think um, that's a different conversation, so I shouldn't segue us into that. Um, but I wanted to talk more about, like, what does it mean to be in relationship with God? Like, what is, yeah, what is relationship as attachment and why why does connecting with God matter so much? And what does it even look like to connect with God and have a relationship? So could you speak to that a little bit? Uh, certainly. The, uh, you know, the, the that original phrase, not a religion, but a relationship, came from the fact that when that first really began circulating, America was a largely Christianized country and like 80% of some polls had people professing to be Christian. You know, most people had a church affiliation and there was this, um, there was this need to distinguish between the fact that I attended church and that I actually have a relationship with God. Right. And because uh, Christianity was so cultural Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so as I, uh, I look at that, that's kind of, I think the idea behind it was people were like, oh, don't just tell me to go to church. Don't, you know, I already go to church. I must be Christian. They're like, no, there's something here about actually living with God on a day-to-day basis. And so part of this was, you know, they talked about Sunday Christians, you know, they were the mm-hmm. ones who, they went to church on Sunday, but you would never know they were Christians throughout the week. <laughs> and uh, that's really partly what this was trying to address. Now, when we come to uh, Christianity as a relationship, you know, my favorite analogy there is John 15, where Jesus said, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. My father is the gardener or the husband, you know, who's going <laughs> to manage the vineyard. And this idea that he wants that connection, like being grafted in a branch grafted into a vine and that that's the essence of the Christian life. So we want to get that stronger and stronger and stronger. I love the way Bruce Wilkinson illustrated this in his book, The Secrets of the Vine, where uh, he said, if you find a really healthy vine, um, what happens is if the there's a connection between the vine and the branch that is sometimes the size of your fist. He said, so if you have a really big connection, between the branch and the vine. And then the gardener is pruning that branch so it stays short. Then there's a lot of life coming from the vine into that short branch. And it only has one place to go, and that's into the fruit. And I just love that picture. 
And that is this idea that my connection with God has these two elements to it. And that is God the Father, his job is to prune my life <laughs> and to keep that that branch from just becoming a straggling long thing that is wasting all the life that's flowing into it. So his job by pruning us is to keep that branch short. And then our job is just to abide in Christ, is to stay connected and to grow that connection as big as possible. And when you get those two things happening, a short branch and a big connection, that's when you get this really big, juicy fruit. So I love that picture from John 15. Yeah, well, and and further on that, I love the imagery of relationships like plants where like seeds are so small and yet they grow and they grow and they grow into something beautiful and cultivated. And um, yeah, I starting small and, and starting tiny, don't underestimate it. Um, well, and you realize too that everybody has to start with a small connection mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody has to, you know, has to go through pruning. And this is not something that happens in one season, mm-hmm. let alone in one week or one day. Right. And if you so, see somebody who has a really, really strong connection with God, don't beat yourself up for not having it. Just start working. You know, it's take take the steps and and get to know Him, and it will it will grow naturally. Yeah, it's easy to uh, lose that battle of comparison, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in your book, Building Bounce, you talk about three keys to growing a deeper walk with God, and you place them in a triangle. So, at each corner is know, trust, and obey. Will you walk us through that triangle? Yeah, absolutely. So, the uh, analogy of know, trust, and obey starts like this: like if I, I used to tell my students when I was teaching college, I stand up there. If I tell you, I want you to go and move to Alaska, right? Why would you do that? Why would you obey me? And uh, you would only obey me if you trusted me. So in order to trust me, you got to know me, right? So there's this natural connection that before I'm going to obey you, I need to trust you. Before I'm going to trust you, I need to know you. And so we see this triangular structure too, that then the more that I, when I obey and I see that it turns out well, I get to know you even more and I build even more trust and this thing just keeps cycling around and growing. And so it is with our walk with God. We uh, uh, Sometimes when we separate obedience from trusting and knowing God, then our Christianity becomes just purely transactional. It's just about duty, it's doing the right thing, and it becomes very behaviorist. And that leads to legalism. So legalism happens when that obedience part is detached from relationship. So knowing God. Now that where this all starts, the Hebrew word, I love the Hebrew word there is yada, mm-hmm. right? And this idea is not an intellectual knowing, but a relational knowing. Thus, like the, I think the first usage of yada in the Bible is Adam yada Eve and she got pregnant. So, I mean, that's a very relational connection there. And I, I and so you can, in certain cases, call this intimacy, right? And, and be intimate with God. Which takes me directly to Proverbs, you know, three, five, and six, which says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, yada him. That's know him. In all your ways, be intimate with him." Would be another way of saying it, and he will direct your paths. And so we see this connection between knowing God, yah, yada, having an intimate connection with God, and trusting him, which then leads to obedience, and the fruit comes from the obedience. And so that's why these things are inseparably linked. We uh, we obey people we trust, and we trust them because we know them, and those things feed each other. I feel like I have an example of this in my own life just in the last two weeks. Um, I 
my car has been having issues. <laughs> I ha it's been in the shop twice now, once last week, once this week. And, um, you know, uh, along with everything else that's going on, you know, it just felt like, oh my goodness, why is this happening right now? And I, um, I was, on, I was texting and calling and talking with both you and mom at the same time. I feel like, um, trying to figure out how to solve this latest car issue this week. And I could feel myself getting a little bit, um, I could feel myself starting to get upset and it all happened in a blink. But if I like break it down, I, I felt like I was prompted to recognize that I was being tempted to, um, to start thinking in a, in a direction that, um, of fear or of, you know, anxiety or whatever. And I was like, no, I stopped and, and I listened to that and I, I sought God and I was like, God, we have a history my whole life, but even as recently as last week when my car broke down, um, you took care of me. You you provided, you raised up people in my life to to take care of this and to take care of me. Um, and you have been so faithful to provide for me my whole life when things like this happen. And so I don't know why I'm starting to get anxious right now because I know you've got me. And I was like, so Lord, how do you want to solve this? Please work this to your glory. And I trust you to take care of me. And literally, within minutes of praying that, um, Randy Peterson <laughs> texted me and, yeah. um, you know, he, he was texting me about the revival, but I, I was like, oh, and he helped me and my landlords have helped me and everything has just, yeah, I, God has been so good to me. And that's just one example of even in the past two weeks, how he's been providing for me. And I, I know that he will. And so I'm choosing to trust that he will. And um, anyway, it's, I, I'm feeling like I'm going deeper with him and he's teaching me more of himself and it's really good. Yeah. It's also a great example of the slow, you know, right. ac acrostic that we talk about. You stopped, you listened, right. You obeyed and you watched what happened and mm -hmm. it happened very quickly because it's not, you know, a rote step by step. Okay. First I must do this. Then I must do that. Mm -hmm. Right. It but you've done that often enough that you kind of all happened very quickly. Like, okay, I need to stop. And you had a sense from God, trust me on this, right? And you obeyed mm -hmm. and you got to watch how God took care of it. And so I mm -hmm. think that's a wonderful, uh, also illustration of how that um, process works. Huzzah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Well, Hey, I think in an earlier episode, we talked about the the bigger brain idea that Jim Wilder will talk about. Um, and can we come back to this now and talk about it where God is the bigger brain? Yeah, I think uh, the uh, just to set the stage, um, you know, little kids, when they are get scared, they want to be around somebody who's not scared. Right. It makes them feel a sense of peace, like, OK, mom and dad have this. I don't have to be afraid. And what they're really looking for is somebody who's got a bigger brain, a well enough developed brain that they're not overwhelmed by the problems that we're going through. So in the same way, all of us have limits on our emotional capacity. There's none of us that are completely mature, that have no limits, that never get triggered, don't have any of this. We all have some limits on, on, on that, but we can always lean into a connection with somebody who has no limits right? That is, Jesus is never overwhelmed, right? Nothing is ever too big for him. And so uh, he is the bigger brain. And uh, that the idea here is sometimes uh, we don't always have to have a solution from God and understand 
how things are going to work out or why things are happening or what's going on, right? You never got an answer to why is this happening this week, right? You Mm -hmm. didn't get an answer to how are you going to take care of this? But there was this relational sense of I'm going to be okay because God, you know, the bigger brain who is not Mm -hmm. overwhelmed has this, right? Somebody who, who has got the capacity to deal with it is with me, is in this. And that's what we see over and over again in the scripture where it says, trust in the Lord, you know, is because I do not be afraid because I am with you. And that idea of the withness of God, if you will, is this idea that we are with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. We are with somebody who is not overwhelmed. For those who don't know Alan Arnold, he wrote a book called With, right? So the story was, of With, yeah. The story of With. So uh yeah, that hence that connection. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, we I feel like we've covered so much in in so little time, but also it's been so rich. Um next week we're going to be talking about listening prayer. Um and that'll that that's kind of continuing the connection, connecting with God uh, topic, but also moving into. Um, I, I think we want to spend bend a couple of episodes talking about listening prayer. I'm really excited for it. So for now, any final thoughts for this episode? Well, you know, I sometimes uh, consider myself a recovering left brain Christian, right? So, <laughs> and uh, so I think a lot of us feel feel that way, and that we want a connection with God. We're not quite sure how to get there. And listening prayer, I remember my my journey with this was very frustrating, right? And uh, at times it still is. I mean, it's not like you can just sit there and on demand hear from God whenever you want to. So a large part of this is um, learning how to recognize the fact that God does in fact speak to us and what that's like and how we begin to recognize it and then learning some of the things that we can do to begin um, pushing into it. Um, uh, more readily. And then we specifically apply it to the emotional healing process of helping people really push into what God wants to do for them and say to them and, and be for them in the pain that they're in. So, you know, we've been talking about ABCs of building bounce. So we're, we're going to be moving into the repair part, right? How do, mm-hmm. how do we not only build a connection with God, but how do we move into repair for the damage that sometimes keeps us from building the kind of resilience that we want. So hopefully this series has been helpful to people and uh, yeah, has given want, them some tools. Yep. Do you, do you want to, do you want to give a final thought for the series as a whole? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. The final thought on the, you know, the series, again, I just back to ABC. I remember working with Stephanie Hinman on, on this book and she had put together um, a program for traumatized children. And it was just really it, obvious to see the need, right? You get some of these children who just don't bounce back from things the way other kids do. And you realize very quickly, it's because of the kind of family they grew up in or the kind of life experiences that they had had and that there's something missing. And so what we've been trying to do here is say these, these same things that you learn about how do you help a child grow their resilience? We find it's the same thing that adults need to do to grow our resilience. So practicing appreciation, quieting, from upsetting emotions, learning to get control of our body, um, doing battle for our mind, getting our beliefs under you know, under control, and then having safe, secure connections with other people. And then what the tremendous advantage that we have as Christians is the ability to connect with God. And when you put all those things together, we have a nice little recipe for that process. I would also just say that, again, that this is not something you do once. This mm-hmm. is something that has to become a habit 
uh, over months and months of practice, but it, it does small, work. Yep. And it will grow. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, dad. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast, our free January conference, or our video streaming service, the Learning Library Basic. So as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast, review it, share it with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.